0: The race for QB1 will be a battle, but Diego Pavia's knowledge of the scheme gives him a leg up. Let's go. You are Locked On, Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked on Vandy podcast and the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Today on this Tuesday, we'll talk about the battle for QB1. Uh, Diego Pavia's knowledge of the system gives him a leg up. Also, how do the two quarterbacks fit in the run scheme or how they do fit in the run scheme will also play a part in this, in this race. And then the corner infielders are going to provide a huge charge in the lineup for the Vandy boys. We'll talk more about that as well. But thanks for making Locked On, Vandy, your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Podcast Locked On Net- or Locked On Podcast Network. The Podcast Locked On Network, yeah. Um, so your team every day. So that's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So uh, today's episode is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more New customers join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Well, uh, Diego Pavia had a leg up in this quarterback race as soon as he transferred. Why? Well, that's because he has a master's degree in Tim Beck's offense, and that in and of itself provides you an instant I guess an instant leg up in in a race to where there's no clear cut incumbent starter, your entire quarterback room left. So that leaves you with two transfers, two freshmen, and a guy that was probably never going to play. And then of course, actually three transfers, I should say, uh, because the top two quarterbacks in New Mexico state, Pavia and, uh, he they they came over, Nate Johnson uh came over from Utah. He was the first domino in the quarterback race. So I talked about that in an earlier episode of like kind of like how he was the first transfer and just kind of what advantages he has as far as being in the system or being able to be in spring practice before Pavia. Uh, and Pavia is going to be a, um, a summer enrollee, but I think that with Diego Pavia, I, I think for him he his knowledge of this system and what he and the and what he displayed in his knowledge of the system last year at New Mexico State last season is going to be the thing that kind of lets you it's going to be the it's going to be the thing that kind of separates him in the end like it if he can continue and push that knowledge further he will end up being the quarterback the starting quarterback for Vanderbilt in in twenty twenty four, I because there's a lot of other intangibles that he has. Um, his toughness is, is one thing that kind of sets him apart. I don't know about Nate Johnson. I'm sure Nate Johnson has uh, has a lot of similar qualities, a lot of similar leadership qualities. But like when you look at the way Diego Pavia commands a huddle, that's you know, I, I think that's a little bit more. Uh, as of right now, uh, than Nate Johnson because I think he's got a little more experience, but um, that's not the that's like a that's like a sub point. We'll talk about we'll talk kind of how that fits into how he fits in the run scheme, but like right now, like the the biggest thing, the biggest separator a, again is the is the knowledge of the system, the checks, um, the anticipation, uh, the 10 backs trust in Diego Pavia, um, and Pavia's ability to make checks at the line. Um, he he's familiar with the reads and RPO game, the option game. I think that's what makes him such a dangerous runner. Uh, and and just just the fact that like there's that familiarity of he knows what Tim Beck expects and wants and wants to call and how he wants to structure a game. Uh, when that Auburn game comes around later on in the season, like he's going to know exactly how how the game plan is structured for that because it'll probably be pretty similar. Um, because they have New Mexico State's entire team, it seems like. But, um, you know, you can't understate like what that means as far as being able to, to, to do that. Because, like, yeah, he can anticipate Tim Beck's calls. He can make checks at the line. I think Tim Beck will give him that freedom this season um, if, if he is indeed the guy. Also, when he's working out with people in the summer and coaches aren't around, like if. If Nate Johnson doesn't learn it though, is at the speed that he probably needs to in the spring, guess who's going to be calling shots during those player-led workouts, those player-led throwing sessions and, and installs? It's going to be Diego Pavia, right? And when you have a guy like that that takes charge, it's only beneficial to the skill guys around him who are all new, um, that it's going to be whoever they have a comfort level with, and and naturally it's going to be the guy that knows exactly what he's doing, how to do it, and, and he's going to be able to tell those receivers he's going to be able to be like, "Yo, Jer- Jeremiah, look, I need you here on on this concept because I'm going to throw it right to this spot, and if you're there, you're going to make big plays. Like we've got to have you, we've got to have you speed cutting on the dig at." 10 rolling down to nine and a half because that throw is going to be tight against this coverage, you know, whatever the concept may be. I I'm I'm just, I'm just giving you arbitrary uh, schemes here, but like being able to coach the receivers, being able to, being able to tell the backs, Hey, I need, I need X, Y, Z from you. uh, So that we can make so that this run scheme can really work. So this option run scheme can really work. And that's valuable. To a coach, when you, when you have basically an extension of yourself, you you basically cloned yourself, put shoulder pads on, you gave yourself the ability to throw, and put yourself out there on the field. Uh, when you have a guy like Pavia who's been with you and knows you and knows what you knows what you want, knows what you need to accomplish, and knows knows your schemes how they're designed and, and what they're designed to do and what how they're designed to attack defenses, and and that's that's extremely valuable because now he can play with more anticipation and if you have that anticipation obviously you're more accurate because you're throwing to spots right and you're more confident in your throws so you're going to hang in the pocket a little bit longer you've got and and he's got some of the he's got some of the skills that go along with it that if you if you put some some smarts to it and and you put some some knowledge there uh, between the ears you can do some dangerous dangerous things and playing within the system and going even thinking outside the box with the system and, and saying, okay, you know, going, being able to go in game to Tim Beck and say, okay, Hey, look, they're giving up the defense is giving us this. We need to attack them with that, you know, or like, Hey, we've got them on the ropes. Let's, you know, let's continue to do that. And those, and, and those two are in like, uh, those two are in like lockstep, not saying Nick Johnson could never get to that point. He certainly could, um, but like as far as like next year or or this coming season I should say it's already here but like this coming season like what is good that's what it's gonna come down to and and maybe it's a it's a thing where Nate Johnson comes in you know he ends up sitting a year and learning um, what to do behind Pavia because I think Pavia Pavia has less eligibility than Nate Johnson so um It's it's going to be one of those things where it could be a natural progression, and so um, it just that's the most valuable thing that you can have is basically a master's degree in the system because he's only going to get more comfortable. They're only going to like you're going to take some of the what Tim Beck's able to do with Pavia, and this is the this is the plus to having a guy experienced within your system. He's going to be able to all of the things I just mentioned, like being able to anticipate. Where Pavia, what Pavia is thinking out there, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to call plays based on what he knows that Pavia is thinking. Pavia is Pavia is going to be able to make some of these throws because he can anticipate the play calls and he can coach the guys up. But also, what you're going to be able to do now, if if you know the base stuff and if you even know the 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 mid level stuff, you can start kind of building off things. Like right? you can start having plays off of plays off of plays, right? You can have The base play, a couple of wrinkles, a counter, and a gadget off of one scheme, right? With somebody who is completely new to the system, maybe you can't do that as quickly. Eventually, yes, you could probably get there, but you can't do that right away. And that gives you layers and layers of layers of things you can do that will give defensive fits and that will give you the best chance to win. And that's what Clark Lee is looking for because going to a 10 in 2023 has put, has made his seat red hot, which is why he's done all, which is why he's made all these changes. Kudos to him, obviously. But, you know, with Diego Pavia, giving, giving your coaching staff the opportunity to be able to implement some higher level things only gives you a leg up to your competition starting with Virginia tech and it only gives your guys more confidence and it, and it allows you to make plays and, and, and it, and it will snowball from there. The confidence will snowball from there. So um, I, I think as of right now, you know, you, you, you go back and forth and you, you analyze every aspect of trying to predict who, who quarterback one's going to be and how well they're going to do, like be able to project, okay, this is how I think, that this season's going to go based on this little bit of information. And based on this bit of information, I think this gives them a competitive leg up uh, against their competition because of the knowledge coming in to the system. Um, it's going to be, you know, there's some other aspects to it, but like, I, I think that's, that's a component that if you're looking at this race and you're saying, okay, you're trying to keep score of, who has a leg up in this category? This category, this category, this category, this Pavia. This this round goes to Pavia. Knowledge of the system. This round easily goes to Diego Pavia, and so uh, that's going to be kind of fun to watch how that unfolds and how Nate Johnson handles that, how the other quarterbacks on the roster kind of handle that deficient deficiency and things like that. So uh, we'll see. Only time will tell. But uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about now the next component is the run scheme. We'll brief and, and we'll 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 touch on this because we probably won't have very long to touch on it. But like we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep going with it and, and we'll see how these quarterbacks fit into the run scheme. So stay tuned. All right. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. That's right. I hope you hit all of your bets on the Super Bowl. If you didn't, that's okay because you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. So bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props. And many, many more, and much, much more. So just wait. Just visit. I said I was gonna say just wait, but you don't want to wait on this. Just visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sports book partner of the NBA. Welcome back. It is segment number two of the uh, Locked On Vandy podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And speaking of every day, I want to thank you, everydayers, for making all of this possible, right? Um, So continue to jump on board. Uh, This is going to be the goal of this thing is to become the premier Vanderbilt sports podcast. That's the goal. You everydayers could make that happen. Very, very easily. So let's get up to 200 subscribers by by, uh, by the midpoint of, of the baseball season. That's doable. That's very doable. So we're going to get you there. But anyway, talking about the quarterback race right now, because spring practice is right around the corner, and uh, things are really kind of shaking out in the quarterback race, and there's a lot of components to this thing. It's going to be a tight race all the way to kickoff against the Hokies. And you can't carry this thing into the into the Virginia Tech game. If you're playing Alcorn State first instead of Virginia Tech, okay, maybe. But you you got to you got to go into Tech. You got to go into the Tech game, the Virginia Tech game with a starter. And then if it goes south on you, you can use Alcorn State to kind of reset your competition and and see what you got. But anyway, how do these quarterbacks fit into the run scheme? That is the golden question when it comes to this when it comes to this race, okay? Because what Tim Beck wants to do, he wants to figure out ways to keep defenses off balance. RPOs is one of them. We'll talk about how they fit in that aspect on on another episode. But the quarterback plus one run game is something that I think is an important factor that Tim Beck wants to have in his system if he can. Now, he's more of a chameleon type uh, coordinator so he's gonna fit what he what he does around his quarterback. All good coaches should do that by the way um, and he's going to make sure that they fit the best and what he's gonna do with the quarterback plus one run game he really wants to he really likes those schemes. he's gonna figure out who gives him the best shot at it now he's got two really good quarterbacks on his hands. So I think he's going to be a little, and both of them do fit into the run game, really, really well. Um, so I think he's going to, I think he's going to be aggressive in that, in that, uh, in that regard. So uh, I look forward to that because one of my favorite things about football is getting a quarterback involved in the run game and him being effective because it's a weapon. It absolutely is a weapon. It was a weapon last. It was a weapon for the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes when he breaks out for runs. Lamar Jackson obviously won the MVP because of it. Um, you know he's a great. He's just an all-around great quarterback. But like him being so explosive in the run game really kind of did that for him. So um, how do these quarterbacks fit into this run game? Well, Diego Pavia, the knowledge of the system, ding ding ding, it goes to him. Bob, Yeah, you know, there you go. All right. But how do they fit in the run game? Who fits where? Um, When it comes to straight ahead quarterback power things like that, like if you're going to focus on jet sweep and the jet and the power read off of the jet sweep, I honestly I think they both fit really really well. Um, Pavi is probably more of a straight downhill runner. I think he's probably more of your power runner than Nate Johnson is. I think Nate Johnson, if you're really kind of focusing on on like quarterback sweeps and like Outside runs or zone reads or things like that, where he's reading a backside in and and, and getting out, or or the zone triple that that you that that these teams like to do as as kind of your RPO slash quarterback run uh, option stuff. You know, I I think Nate Johnson's going to be really really good. Um, I think honestly, Nate Johnson's really good at running power too. Uh, I just think Diego Pavia is just more of like a. I think he's got more of like a downhill presence. And, and, and that toughness I mentioned in segment one where he can really kind of affect you and just kind of, just kind of wear on you and wear you down as kind of like that power guy. And I don't want to, I don't want to throw this comparison out there because this is a really elite college quarterback, especially in the run game. Um, but like style wise a, a, as a runner, he's kind of like Tebow. Now Tebow's a unit. So like I'm not like Pavia and Tebow are like two like totally different statured uh, quarterbacks Tebow's a freaking unit but they play very similarly right Pavia thinks he's 6'6", 2, 260, pure twisted steel um if if you were to ask him that's probably what he'd say and he's definitely not that um, but he he plays like he is and that's what you really really that's if you're gonna run quarterback power, That's what you want. And going back to the knowledge of the scheme, he knows because he's run this a lot. uh, He knows just how far to take that mesh point before he makes his decision. He really puts those, he can really put those guys, those read guys, those read keys in a lot of indecision because of how long he can hold the mesh point. Again, I think that's, I think if you're, if you're focusing on that downhill running with the quarterback, I think you need a guy that can that can hold defenders with with that, and I think it's going to circle back to knowledge of like how these schemes operate. Um, but if it's just like reading a guy and just and just beating him athletically, I, I think your advantage goes to Nate Johnson because Nate Johnson's Nate Johnson's smoother, taller you know, he just kind of, he just kind of glides through there, man. He's just, he's just real explosive, real sudden. Um, I I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's somebody that's going to flat run you over like Pavia would in a quarterback power, but like, there's other things that I think Johnson excels at in that quarterback run game and also moving the pocket. I think he's a little bit better moving the pocket as well. And I don't know how you, I don't know if you like how you would classify that. I guess that would be in like the sprint out passing, but like, the ability to use his legs on the edge and on the perimeter. I think Nate Johnson has the, has the advantage, but one of the things I saw that, that Tim Beck liked to do with Pavia. And I think if Pavia wins this job, you'll see, I think the quarterback run game is going to be based on who wins the job with the other factors, because no matter who he has, he's going to run them, but it's going to come down to, okay, if Pavia wins, it, I like this set of run plays. If Nate Johnson wins the job. I like this set of run plays. I could very easily see that, and they're they're different styled runners, and they're different style players. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I think if you flip the coin with these two, I think you'd be think you'd be pretty successful. But um, Pavia is good. You know, Pavia runs tough. Pavia runs hard. Nate Johnson. It's just so dang fast, man. He just, he he just pull he he just pulls the ball. And he's he's gone, right? There was that play against Florida uh, in the opener where he he took he he took a a zone read. Uh, again, he really read the mesh well. On, he really held the mesh well on that. Got that defensive end to commit, and then just exploded past him. And he was he was up on the third level before anybody knew he had the ball like that. That's how sudden he is. He put a subtle move on on a safety, left him in the dust, and just basically waltzed in untouched from twenty from about thirty yards out. And so that that that's a weapon too. That's a deadly weapon in the run game. So um, this round, uh, I think it's a draw, honestly, and that's a cop out. I, I realize that, but I think it's a draw because I think it's going to come down to. Well, they're going to like whoever's in there, he's going to tailor the run game for them. And he may even have a run package for whoever the backup is. So th- this might be, this might end up being a moot point, but this is something you should get excited about because I think they're going to, this is, this is where Vandy's going to get some, get some advantages um, in the, uh, against their opponents is in the plus one quarterback run game. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be awesome to watch. So, um, we're going to take another quick break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball because it is coming up rapidly. I when I say rapidly this weekend, so uh, stay tuned for that. All right. This episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. That's right. Passion, drive, patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or dry. alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to you as customers. eBay Motors, guys. All right, last and final segment here on the Locked On Vandy podcast. Opening day is Friday. Get excited cuz I know I am. This is going to be fun to watch because Tim Corbin is going to present a lot of problems for for oppose, opposing teams. He has some problems of his own that he has to figure out. And these are these are some really as a coach, like you welcome these problems, right? Because like he has like, let's take a look at the corner infielders, okay, for example. There's a lot of power at those positions. You can't play them all unless you play some guys in the outfield and DH. Um, but, like, Diaz and Molinado, looks like they're going it, to – it's it's looking like they're going to be the opening day starters at first and third. Molinado at first, uh, Diaz at third. Um, but you have Austin Fort, you have Matt Austin Fort, and you have – uh Braden Holcomb sitting behind them. All four of those guys have incredible power. And all four of those guys can can hit and can tear. And basically I it, like I, I think I the thing I'm most excited about with this opening series, honestly, is them is seeing what how the lineup is constructed where Davis Diaz fits in, where Chris Molinado fits in the lineup, like how, how, how these guys come in. Right. Um, Diaz is is somebody he has played in 121 games over, over the season. Uh, He's been a starter essentially since day one. Um, He uh, he, he's gotten his power numbers have gotten better. Um, He's, Torn the cover off the ball in the Cape Cod League, like he has a fifteen percent strikeout rate uh, in both seasons coming in. I mean, he is somebody that is just ready to break out. I mean, if he if he hasn't broken out already, he's ready for he's ready to take it to the next level, and I, I think he's going to be one of those that that uh, that can. And he's going to be somebody that you're going to be looking for. You're, you're going looking at in the draft, going, okay, that makes sense. Like he, he he's somebody that can and he's somebody that has a chance to improve where he's picked too and he is he is in the top 100 uh college players for the MLB draft so that's uh that's something that that is good and and the and the benefits of that is like you know he's got this season to improve his draft, draft stock so he could he could play himself into the first round of the MLB draft like that's where i think we're looking at with Davis Diaz, Malinado comes in as a sophomore, had a monster freshman year. Um, He, uh, he moved to the corner infield, but uh, he's somebody that hit three ten last year um, and was, you know, again, that led the team in batting average. So he's somebody that can come in and, steady bat, can can knock the ball all around the yard. I don't, I don't know that he's knocking out of the yard at this moment, but he's somebody that's going to knock it around the yard, and he's going to be somebody that gets on base and drives it and runs. Holcomb is um, Holcomb is somebody that's really going to pro- provide an- another charge, and he I can honestly see Holcomb being a guy that when he gets in there, you're going to have to keep figuring out how we can keep him in the lineup. Right? you've got to figure out ways you eventually it's going to come down to okay braden holcomb this you can't you can't keep him out of the lineup right he was uh, he's top 40 in the freshman class um 493 average with 11 home runs coming out of high school um he uh, he's somebody that is very versatile uh, corner infielder that can also play outfield, which is valuable uh, because you're you're going to have some some spots available in the outfield too. Because I don't think the outfield's settled, except for maybe R.J. Austin. And R.J. Austin may not be an outfielder. He could end up he could end up in the he could end up anywhere. Like R.J. Austin and Braden Holcomb, I think are two guys that are probably going to be in the lineup a lot, and is, may not be the same position every game. Or even back-to-back games. So, um, I look early on as a D- possible DH for Holcomb, uh, but he—he's somebody that that provides a lot of pop. Um, Raymond Vasquez or Velasquez, not Vasquez. Uh, Raymond Vasquez is probably really good. And I don't know who he plays for, but uh, Velasquez—he, um, uh, you know—he's a backup role. He didn't see much action, but like he's—he—he uh, uh, he, in the scrimmages, he's been—he's been crushing the ball. And he's been somebody that at third has kind of been like working in over there. So he's, he's somebody to watch out for as well. Um, in in the corner of the infield, he provides some pop too. So you have Holcomb who can play anywhere, which is valuable. Velasquez who again has been crushing lately, but he's still got to, he's still got to kind of prove consistency a little bit. He's improved a ton, but like, He's still got to get that in some game, in some real game action. Um, Austin Fort is a freshman coming in. He's been he's been putting on a show at batting practice at least. Um, he uh, he had uh, he played in the New England Collegiate League, Collegiate Baseball League. He hit eight home runs there and a hundred at hundred and one at bats. He hit three seventy six. Uh, he won best hitter in that league. Um, he is going to start behind some of those guys, but he's he's somebody that if injuries happen or if there's some shuffling around or like he's a left-handed bat. So like if there's a situation to where he can get in as a pinch hitter, maybe, or, you know, find a situation where a pitcher struggles mightily against left-handed hitters, like you throw his bat in the lineup, you know, maybe on like a weekday game, you know, give somebody some rest. Like he's somebody that if given the opportunity, he can mash, but like he's a, he's a freshman. So we'll see like freshmen are, are kind of iffy. That's why Holcomb's probably not going to factor in, but anyway, you I, you know, I d- the point is, is that there's there's a lot of options, and it's a good problem, and it's a really good problem to have. So it's going to be a lot of a lot of power in that in that in that side. Those are all guys that can contribute. So anyway, February 16th, Friday, they open the season at the Hawk against Florida Atlantic. Be there, be square. It's going to be great, great atmosphere. Um, for the defending SEC champions. So, but that's going to do it for us here today. See, time flies when you're having fun. So, we are the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Networks. Thank you for making us your first listen. Thank you to the everydayers. You know where to find us, at Locked On Vandy on all social media platforms, at CoachBurton36 as well. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, all the above. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. But then, But as always, anchor down.